So here we go. Uh, anything you want to chatter about with this? You're used to hearing this, I presume. Um, maybe too used to in it, but I, uh, is there anything you want to chatter about? My question would be, uh, I would just, uh, and, and Kleining tries to get at this, what strikes you as, as uh, different or odd about this? Anything going on there you want to think about? I took your pen. Here you go. Here you go. I'm done with it. Thanks. In the whole lesson, there's just it's mostly the Lord's Prayer about how we can take we can go in any direction. Wasn't that fascinating? Yeah, it's good. It's great. Yeah, it's good. Uh, good. Okay. So, what do you think about that? What would it, what would it, what would have led them to think that he was praying this prayer? Good, because he gave it to him first. So it's, so it's a question of an objective or a subjective genitive. When it's the Lord's prayer, does that mean it's the Lord, the prayer the Lord is praying, or the prayer that the Lord owns and delivers to you as a gift? Right, that's right. So what would be clues toward what would be what would be clues toward um, whether or not he 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 was praying it himself? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sure, go ahead. You can't trust anything from that. We just say that to get you in the door. Then everything changes. Oh, you can blame it on Carla. Okay, good. Say that? Nor did I. So it must be you, but it's it's all right. It was what well better than I. I was going to give you credit because it was so good. Yeah, in his baptism, a couple things happen. I'll put it most liturgically first. He gets ordained. That's what happens to Jesus at his baptism. Um, so the Holy Spirit puts him into a particular office for a particular thing. That'll happen again, you know, in a few weeks. So what particular office or what particular thing does he get? He gets his name, which is what you get in baptism. That's why the brown baby isn't Miriam until she hits the water. If you see the browns, tell them. Don't be telling us what the name is in advance. We'll ask you what the name is, and then you'll tell us. But you get your baptismal name. This is less sincere. You, you know, you get your baptismal. So he gets his name. Um, this is my beloved son, so son of God than whatever the Son of God means. And then he also gets his task. And the task is given with the anointing of the Spirit, which is then fulfillment uh, of Isaiah 63. And then what the task is, is given to you as Isaiah 53, the suffering servant who goes to the cross. And he goes to the cross for our sins. And to make sure that you know that, he has our baptism. 
and that's where you get all the way to the identity. You have to sort of put the pieces in line, okay? So second person of the Trinity takes flesh, gets baptized, gets named, gets his task. His task is to die. His death is for sins. The sins are yours. And so he completely identifies with you, okay? So um, that just sort of goes in a row about things. Yes, please. People disagree about this, um, and you'll probably find me disagreeing with one, if not both, of the new pastors we're going to get. So we'll, we'll be able to have a go at this. Um, but I think you're bang on right, and I would argue strongly that to be true man means that Jesus could fall. I, I would argue that strongly. Now the other, I think Gaining's probably going to argue, and maybe Marcus too. Uh, they might, they may argue that that that, that, that that from that the divine nature prevents such a thing. I'm not convinced of that. That's not a you know a deal breaker kind of thing. It's a different way to think about the world. However, um, Hebrews does say he was tempted in every way as we were, without falling, and the temptation certainly includes a, a run of suffering as you see in Gethsemane, for example, or the first thing that happens after his baptism is he gets pushed into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, right? It's the Holy Spirit who pushes him into the wilderness, and the temptations come immediately, and the temptations are to talk him out of his name. He's the Son of God, and then the temptation is, he, Satan says, anti-thought, so the Father says, this is my beloved Son, and then Satan's temptations are, if you're really the Son, right? And there's a fair amount of suffering that happens at that point, right? Fasting and, and demons and 40, 40 days. Yeah, he gets the full full blast 40. Yeah, so. All right, so, but there's, um, there's a little bit. It doesn't say that it's the Lord's Prayer. It does say he's praying, and they're watching, and then they say to him, hey, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So rabbis teach disciples to pray. That's one thing that we get from this. Another thing I'd just suggest to you, uh, as opposed to sort of greater American culture or disaster response, which is that praying doesn't come naturally, at least not Christian prayer. So you want to test that? Because I think we have this notion that, um, in fact, you know, if an airliner goes down today or if, um, you know, there's a typhoon somewhere or a building burns down, you'll see sort of people, well, you'll see all sorts of prayers addressed to all sorts of gods um, for all sorts of things. And then normally in our shock, we will say, oh, well, wasn't that great? Uh, but if we actually stand back and reflect a little bit, we would say, we actually probably don't believe that. In fact, it seems like from the text that we don't know how to pray, okay? And I can give you some examples of why that's true, some very, what are the thing? turn on any well, I can't say this anymore. I used to say turn on any television channel bigger than 13, but then cable came, and so that doesn't count anymore. But turn on any channel that broadcasts religious broadcasting. People are praying for things. What are they praying for? Praying for healing. 
which we just did that. So pray uh, our prayers for prosperity. If you just believe strongly enough, you'd be a rich man. And I guess he, God loves the poor less than he loves the rich, or the poor less faithful, but then that's really difficult because Jesus is always playing with the poor and having fun with them. Mm. So what are we going to do with that? So people pray for healing, they pray for prosperity. What else? Intervention. Now we pray for God to intervene, so now we have to ask more crisply what that means. What else? pray for peace. But then, you know, um, there was a bit of a discussion when uh, the pastors here prayed for, um, well, there was, a, there was a week when the prayer was less formed at the altar than some members thought it should be formed. So you have to say it one sense, um, thank you very much for paying attention to what's going on. But there was prayer for, um, there was some admixture of uh, soldiers' freedom, peace, and God bless America, which didn't go down so well with some people here. And um, then on reflection, then one can understand why that might be, as if the Lord uh, has a, has a, has a, has a, has a, is a registered voter in America. So we need to be a little bit careful with that. I'm sorry, am I not talking? I should just talk up, shouldn't I? Uh, well, it came a couple of different weeks. It came a couple of different weeks. Uh, and we, we shaped it in different ways in response. If we, if we make a Republican or a Democrat, or even an American rather than an Iraqi out of the Lord, we probably have it wrong. And then uh, whether we're doing that and whether per people perceive that we're doing that is still yet another question. And then those same people need to sort of front it up. They need to get fronted up to people whose um, kids are leaving to go. Because there's this dichotomy. Well, your prayers are very different if you just send a kid to Iraq than they are if, uh, if you haven't or if you have some other experience, okay? So we've got to figure out how we pray, which is one of the reasons we don't sort of let people pop off about anything. The, 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 the prayers go through about four drafts before they get to the altar in any given week, and it's the reason we don't sort of have just people pop off and pray because we, we, we're not quite sometimes sure what's going to come out of their mouth. So where did we go? Healing, prosperity, success, intervention, things that would make my life better, and then maybe things that would make somebody else's life worse. Anything else? <laughs> yes, it is. Right. Yes, right. Well, then... Uh, Right, good. And then you might, you might reflect on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, by the way, another, another strong point for why it might be the prayer that the Lord was praying, even though it doesn't call it the Lord's Prayer, is that this, this word that is Father is really Abba, which then you know is Daddy, right? And nobody had the familiarity or the chutzpah to call Yahweh Daddy. So that was a particularly... Jesus-centric kind of prayer. So, so when it's the, how do we know that Jesus was praying it? One of the, one of the reasons is that um, nobody else prayed like this. And then that what they're saying is, could, could we pray like that too? And then he says, well, yeah, but you'll have to remember some things. One is our, which is then, this is the community's prayer. 
okay? But what's the community ask for? And I think that this doesn't occur to us very much. So here's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, your name be hallowed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. You give us this day our daily bread. You deliver us from evil. You spare us from temptation. Your kingdom, your power, your glory, amen, which means you did it. Okay? Now, my suggestion to you is that that's not normally how people pray. And so, and just to make the simple point that the request for the Lord to teach us to pray is an honest request. Praying doesn't come naturally. Okay? It doesn't come naturally for a couple of reasons. One is because it's not about you, right? The second thing is you wouldn't think to pray for the things that are given here, okay? So you just tell me, uh, not necessarily a catechism way, but you tell me, our Father, what does it mean for your kingdom to come? What are you praying for at that point? When you, when you pray, you probably pray this every day. We prayed it already this morning. Okay, you're praying for the end of the world. So on a regular basis, how many of you pray for the Now just translate your own prayers, but on a regular basis, how many of you pray for the end of the world? I mean, I pray for other people's end. Actually, you are, you know what? You are actually, what you, are, you are one person, as long as I've known you, who has prayed for the end of the world. That is a true statement. You're, you're, and normally, normally you're praying for somebody else's world to end. I wish your world would end. But you're, you know, the general world, that is actually true. But how many of you generally pray for the end of the world. In general, that's not what you're praying for. Your kids say that to you. Oh, it gets better as they get older. I say to Kit, you know, do not ride your bicycle off that six-foot ramp. The Grotkis can identify with this. Do not ride your bicycle off the, oh, the Williams and Links can too. <laughs> How's that broken arm coming? Yeah, good, okay. Do not ride that bicycle off that six foot. Yeah, that was, that's right. So anyway, there's those, what about going to heaven? Well, what happens is, is you know, my kids sort of say that, kid, I say to kids, you know, don't do that, and he says, well, if I die, I'll just go to heaven. Your kids haven't gotten to that point yet? Which is extraordinarily frustrating when you're trying to be an adult. No, if I die, I'll just go to heaven. You said I'd just go to heaven if I die. Okay, good, well, don't do it now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I just get cost a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. In a sense, what? <laughs> who, uh, who are you speaking to? The Lord Himself? Oh, I was. It? I don't know if it's a prayer, but it's at least good doctrine. Which, which wouldn't be bad. Yes, please. <laughs> Will you just make sure that you pray that I get to go with you when it's all over? There is a, here's the thing, I, you know, I, well, uh, we probably, you probably shouldn't take my answer, you should, the, the question was, is it weird to be praying that this would all be over? And I don't know that, um, what, we just pose the question. What, what would be interesting to see is whether you could get an answer out of the Lord's Prayer. Can you, can you, um, can you let the Lord's Prayer bound your own prayers? Okay, is that possible? 
See, your daily bread may be a prayer that runs against uh, not only you know, winning the lottery, but, um, but maybe against prosperity and maybe against success. Because normally it, what we think about when we think about prosperity and success is that our, that our life is sort of settled out then. And then I'd be, how, how would you normally describe success? I would be independent. I would be my own man. Nobody would put strictures on me. I wouldn't have to go to work in the morning. I could do whatever I wanted. And if, you know, there's people, I, do, I, could, I could sort of pull back from the community if they abused me. Man, people who can manage money, people, rich people who can remain Christian. I mean, Jesus himself said this, right? Rich people who can remain Christian, is a, that's a remarkable kind of person. So you might ask yourself in what you pray for, for example, daily bread which means what you're praying for, I don't know if you realize this, is one, one day. You're praying for one day's worth. You're praying for manna that will rot at the end of the day. That's what you're praying for. See, so how does that fit with, oh, I don't know how you're going to pay for college? You've got to kind of figure that out, right? How does praying for that the end would come, and now I'd sort of say, let me just ask examples of why you would pray that the end, end would come. Why, why would you pray that the end would come? Yeah. Okay, so, so the world is a sinful place. Okay, so you want to spare yourself some suffering. Okay. Yeah, except that I'm more favorable to the interpretation that that was the invocation for the Holy Supper to begin and not for the last day. People who say Maranatha Bible Church is all about the Lord coming the second time don't know what they're talking about. Maranatha was come Lord Jesus as in come to the altar right now because we're going to have the Holy Supper. So what they would do is read the letter from Paul, like the sermon, and then the very next thing they'd have is the Lord's Supper. And Maranatha was the transition word. Come, Lord Jesus. And I say, oh yeah, he's going to come right now on the altar. Which makes a hash out of evangelicals who don't believe that the body and blood is there. Fascinating stuff. It could. What would that kingdom look like? Wait, are you suggesting that perhaps this isn't the perfect church? Well, no, I'm, I just want to wanna press the question a little bit. This can be pressed in a negative way. Like, I'm just curious if you're in that kingdom, are you willing to have poor people and sick people? Then your prayers are probably in the right direction. Um, let me press further since I can press you without, you won't yell at me now, maybe later, and you'll have to come back next week. So um, in, this, in this press of things, um, nobody laughed there, so they thought I was serious. I was actually just <laughs> kidding there. They thought they got a glimpse into our marriage there, I think, uh, which, which, they, which you didn't, because we're not that transparent. Okay, so, um, so, but my question is, you, I can't remember now who mentioned, I think you may have mentioned, did you say suffering before? So, so the suffering, one reason is kingdom come to stop the suffering. You didn't say that, okay. So you're safe with what I'm going to say next then, which is um, it's not always best for you that your suffering stops. And we, the world is a horribly sinful place. No, oh, you didn't even let me. I was like, ha, 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 coming at me. Brilliantly said. 
because the next, good, that was a good, that was a good redirection because partly what I was going to say is if he stops right now, there's all sorts of sinners that will go to hell. And then if we just had one more day, we might get a couple of them back. And then there were the, I mean, I just, the, the, the Amish thing, the most, the, most, the most striking thing. You know, you, it makes you want to grow up and be Amish. I mean, the two, the, the two or three things that I heard that were most striking were the procession went past the house of the guy who shot the girls, and they, that his wife and kids were on the curb mourning as they went by. The Amish folks have already set up a health fund for the wife and the kids. Did you hear this? that they have put together a fund so that the wife and kids will be supported. And there were, there was long talks about, um, you know, a lot of forgiveness and how we move on together. It was a remarkable community experience that they considered within their community. Right. It was, uh, you know what, and I'm, I, you know, in some ways, I'm not baffled by it, but I am, I am so respectful of it, I can hardly stand it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, this goes on my list of like the Cardinal Bernadine thing where it says I'm going to die now. It was just, you know, this is, these are the sorts of things where you just sort of, uh, you see, so, so the question is, all of that could sort of, fall into your kingdom come, your will be done, okay? So kind of think about the things that you normally see on television or how people normally talk about the church. If you send me some money, you'll be successful. If you buy this special water, you'll get healed. If you do this, um, your life will be better. There's no promise in the Bible that your life's going to be better. In fact, for most people, your life is going to be worse. Having a new member in this church is like painting a bullseye on them, you know? Get ready because it's, it's the Lewis thing about before Satan was asleep and the best thing to do is just let people die it's the woman with the egg who wakes up very surprised to find herself in hell, right? So, so the question is, the, part of the reason that's good here is that praying doesn't come naturally, and you want to see this, I should have written this in a circle, you'd want to see all your prayers bounded by what's inside, and one thing you can ask about your own prayers is, um, am I praying the way that the Lord prayed? Or am I praying for the same things? Do my prayers match his? Or do we share the same goal? And largely, you know, we do, and then largely we don't. And we're so struck by people who actually do. It's, a, it's really a remarkable thing. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, right. This is perfect. Yeah, go. So what does that mean? Well, yeah, but I think you can still do that without it being a dichotomy. How could that happen? But partly as you, you sort of get the parentheses on the back end of thy will be done, but I think also what he's calling you into is a mature Christian faith within the community. So here's the thing. When you get to ask, uh, and it will be given to you, there's two things at least that are going on there. One is 
Your asking is bounded by the God he is. So you aren't asking for anything outside of God's character or outside of the Lord's Prayer, if you want to be more specific. Okay, so now that forces you to be a very reflective, mature sort of Christian. And for each thing you ask, so, so, so here's the thing. It, it might not necessarily be wrong for you. You, you, can, you, can, you can say, um, give us this day our daily bread and be rich at the same time. But you better be able to sort out how those two things work together, right? So, how, so see, partly what, 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 the, what the prayer is calling you into is a kind of maturity. The second thing is, is that it's in the passive verb. It doesn't say ask and then go get it, which is, oh, I don't know if you want to observe some the most popular preaching in America right now is all about ask and go get it. You, go get, you ask and you go get it. That is the most popular preaching in America right now. And it rings with people. Why? Because there's not a word about Jesus, but it's a really good business seminar. There's no difference between that and Donald Trump coming to town telling you how to make a million dollars in real estate. There's no difference. As opposed to ask and it will be given, which is a passive verb, which is then you say, so the Lord says, this is what the Christian life looks like. And you say, gosh, what does it look like in my particular circumstance with my particular kids, in my particular neighborhood, with my particular congregation? And then you say, what it looks like to me is, oh, I don't know, like my kids would be more careful and that Bryce would actually recover and live and that you know, Heather's tooth will come through okay and you know, people will learn here to live here in community together. And as I'm saying all that, is any of that outside what the Lord would normally give? And the answer is no, so I'm very free to ask for that with the full confidence that he'll deliver. And that if he doesn't deliver just as I've specified, it would mean that I've missed something, that I've missed something. Yes, please. that's true and beyond that I think that you also lose the desire for things out here Good. Now, a couple of things about that. When you bring those concerns, um, there's a sifting of the concerns, though, wouldn't you say? So there's some things that you might have prayed for two years ago, which now as you're kind of older, more mature in the faith, you might realize you wouldn't be praying for anymore. Yeah, I There's a, let me give you a real specific example. People who pray to destroy their enemies and then don't. So there's a maturity in not praying uh, 
for your for your enemies. I somebody gave me a book for my birthday, and then I read the, the you know the one thing I read out of it was Bonhoeffer saying, um, when you pray for your enemies, um, you move up close to them and stand beside them, and and however they they would continue to treat you has nothing to do with whether or not you pray for them or whether the Lord answers. Isn't that brilliant? So you just sort of, sort of sidle up next. Now that's from a guy who, whose enemies hung him. Yeah. There's all kinds of people who pray to be mean to their enemies. I suspect. In the church. Well, that's just anecdotal evidence. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think people, even the Psalms pray against their enemies from time to time, but I always comfort myself with the memory that that's Jesus praying the Psalms first. One would be very careful. A normal thing, uh, and people find sometimes great glee in um, praying that their enemies be destroyed. The opposite of that is Jesus said, love your enemies and, and pray for those who do ill to you, which was one of the concerns. I was kind of making your concern thing more specific. I was trying to find a concern that people normally... You should definitely tell them... Yes, yes. Thanks. I think that that's a mature viewpoint you're taking, though, because my sense is that often people do dictate, and in fact, the most immature prayers are the prayers of new Christians often. What I'm suggesting is that people are often attracted to the church precisely because pastors are telling them they can dictate the terms. I'll be Christian because I want to be successful. I'll be Christian because I want to be rich. I'll be Christian because I want to be strong. I'll be Christian because I want to be better. Guess what? Christianity is often about being poor, being weak, and being hurt. And not doing your enemies in, you see. see the, 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 if there was just one point to make out of this, it might be that praying doesn't come naturally, and you should beware the normal sort of prayers. The difference between the, difference between the prayers of, you know, what, the way people pray when a plane crashes and the way the Amish people pray after what happened in their community is night and day, okay? That, that's, that's the difference, okay? And I would suggest to you those Amish prayers fall somewhere within the circle of this or somewhere within the circle of this. And normal prayers, sort of generic, here's what I want sort of prayers, fall far outside that. That's what I'm suggesting to you. And so what I, what I hope you'll do is have a more reflective prayer life about the things that you're asking for. Not that you don't ask specifically. I think you're bang on. You do ask specifically. You do. In fact, I think it's a stretch of maturity when you ask for, for, for specific things. Do ask for that. But also, and then I think this is where your thing was so helpful, was with the consolation of knowing that, one, you don't have to think about it anymore, and two, I don't know if you, in, the, in that string of things you rattled off, five or six times he says, uh, you know, thanksgiving and peace, right? And what the Lord might give. So, so the most mature prayers will find their place within the locus, within the circle of what the Lord's prayer looks like. So I would even be so bold as to say um, there's no prayer outside the Lord's Prayer. How's that? You can test that. But if you can go to the maturity of saying, well, that's a pretty big space, then, so, so what you need to do is find everything that you can find within the Lord's Prayer, and I suggest you'll be satisfied with that. Well, that's not good. I suggest that everything you want can be satisfied by that and then that you might be satisfied in having what the Lord gives. Ask, and the Lord will give it to you. Seek, uh, and, and, and the Lord will, Lord, will, Lord will put it in front of you, right? The verbs are passive, and Kleinig was good enough to point that out. You do the asking, the Lord does the giving. And when he doesn't do the giving, um, 
it may mean something about the asking. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make mean that you're non-Christian. What it may mean is that the Lord knows more than you do, and of course you already knew that. Anything else? It's already 10. Right. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because you've had an interesting last five years. I have too. If we went around the room and we, if we could remember what we were praying for five years ago, and then we sort of look at where we are, and then we'd say, the Lord has, has been pretty good to us today here. On, is it the 6th? The 6th of October of 06? The, Lord has, the Lord's been pretty good to us today and, and what, what good things we've had. But we wouldn't have, my guess is, what you have right now is, may not have been what you were praying for five years ago or it may not be in precisely the form that you were praying for it for. Yeah, I think some things changed. I think that's true. Yes, Betty. Mother's work is never done, Betty. The moral of that story. Yeah. But you, but you, and you, yeah. <laughs> well, the great thing about being Lutheran is, uh, and then I'll say this and then we'll, we'll pray and go, but the great thing about being Lutheran is, um, uh, Luther would say, well, that, that's up to the Lord now. And then we'll just wait and see what he does. And then beyond that was the confidence that whatever the Lord does is good. So whatever I receive in my life um, is a good or can be shaped to be a good. Be either one of those things. And so that, that's the sort of thing that lets you relax into whatever the Lord, whatever the day brings, the Lord has blessed it. So there are some things you'll do to me today. And the kindness with, with how you spoke to me this morning, for example, was a great good that the Lord did through you to me. That's a great kindness. There will be, um, I don't know, I'm guessing people who may not speak that kindly to me today. However, the Lord can twist that roundabout to be a good in another sort of way. So whatever I receive is a good, or it can be um, the Lord can move it roundabout to be a good. That's the Romans thing. He gives us his son. Won't he give us everything else? Of course he will and nothing can separate us from him, and everything works for the good of those who love God. That's precisely what he's talking about. And then, then, then Luther sort of just says, well, whatever the God does is good, which is a great way to be receiving the answers to your prayers, or not. 
you know, depend on what he chooses to do. So. I, th I think there is, yeah, I mean, I have, a, I, have four, I have 14 answers and then I don't have any. So I don't really, you know, why people, you know, why people write books. Well, one of the things is we don't know, we don't, partly what I'm trying to do is set a paradigm for what prayer is. And then it would mean sort of everything else isn't prayer or isn't legitimate prayer, or isn't full blast prayer. So the thing is, is people speak about prayer's <coughs> technique. You know, people speak about Prayers emptying themselves. Well, classically, that's the, uh, for example, that's a very popular notion in America that you have to get quiet, get to your quiet space, and empty yourself up so you can hear the word of God. That's a completely Buddhist notion. <laughs> that's not a Christian notion. That's an imported Buddhist notion that Americans think is an interesting idea. The the scriptures are quite the opposite. The scriptures are quite you just keep sticking it in your ear till it like, you know, it's just like you know you push the stuff in one ear and the bad stuff squirts out the other. That doesn't have anything to do with. So Christian prayer is classically filling kind of prayer not emptying. So there's all sorts of things that pass as prayer that people write all sorts of books about that don't really fit within this deal. So how many books can I think they do want to get it right, but I also think that, I, let me just give you two reasons why they don't get it right. One is you have to do it. <laughs> prayer actually changes you. If you pray every day, you're a different person. This is what we did you know, the last two weeks. If you pray every day, you're a different person than if you don't. The doing of it changes you, okay? The second thing is, is you actually have to study the scriptures to know what you want to pray about, right? It doesn't come natural. You can't, you don't base your, this is proof that you don't base your prayers on what you think, what you feel, what you experience, what you sense, what you want. This is about what, and this is the basic divide, this is about what God wants, not what you want. So praying is about what God wants. And all the books are written about what you want, or many of the books are written about what you want. It's this, just this real basic stuff. And the thing is, you know this, because you do taxes. When things go wrong, there's no end to the ways. There's no end to the ways you can cheat on your taxes. There's no end to the ways you can cheat on your prayers, right? So a book for each way of doing it. Yes, please. <laughs> you mean because God's getting what he wants. Yeah, right. Yes, right. That's a That's exactly the, Je that's actually Jesus telling the parable about the, when, the, when the sowing, right? You know, some of it doesn't go at all. Some of it comes up and you get a big burst, boom, and then it goes away. And some of it just sort of grows slowly into the maturity and yields 30, 60, and 100 fold, right? I mean, it's just a normal, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Yeah, right. But you want to try to be encouraging of those folks because to go a different direction breaks the very first commandment. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but this, I've said this to you before, but these line up with the commandments, you know. Our Father, don't have any other gods. Our Father, who art in heaven, don't have any gods. 
hallowed be your name. Don't misuse the name of the Lord. Your kingdom come. Remember the Sabbath day. Right? Sorry. Yeah, you got to compress a little bit. You got to you got to move around a little bit, you know. But it's it's the same what the the same general themes are being sounded as the te- because there's just God and that's who God is and he he isn't other than he was. I I I, I that would be a great eighth grade confirmation project. All right, everybody, okay. All right, so um, thanks for coming. Just kind of kind of think this through. It's funny; it gets simpler and gets harder all at the same time. In one way, you have fewer things to think about. You have fewer things to think about. But Carla's comment about but each of these gets bigger, so you in fact have more things to think about. So you have you have fewer things to think about, or you think think about more things in fewer ways, and that would be a, a sort of way to structure your prayer. And that's the gift that the Lord gives you. It helps what? Yeah, I know. That's part of the part. See, the thing is, we're just so bad with authority and obedience. Partly what, it's a little like telling your kid to practice his saxophone, for example, you know. Um, his, his life will be better if he practices every day than if he doesn't, right? His life will be better. But you can't, there's no way to know that except to practice your saxophone, right? There's just no way, other way to know it. You just got to pray. You just pray and pray and pray, and then you'll wake up 10 years from now, and you'll say, or five years from now, you'll say, oh, my life's better. My life's different. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't, but it's different. And then the ultimate thing is when even when you don't like it, you just keep going, and that's faith. See, that's faith beyond experience. That's faith beyond seeing. That's faith beyond thinking. That's faith. When you just keep going, even in the darkness, you keep going and come out the other side, and all is well, right? All right, let's pray. Thanks for coming. Sorry about the fire alarm. We've got to do it once in a while. Thanks for being patient. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.